Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There is the music, and we are back underway for episode 134, Cool Button Hockey Podcast. Okay, Craig, we have to start with the elephants in the room. It's been one unbelievable week of exciting playoff action, and we'll, of course, get to that. What has happened more so, I think, over the weekend has been judging the toughest part of our sport. It's the figure skating part. Is that a triple toe loop? Do you like the axle better? What you think's a penalty and everything else. And I am a, as Doug Armstrong said, or when you work for Bob Ganey, a problem and solution guy. So when we talk about the officials, could using the Minnesota-Dallas game as an example, when Matt Zuccarello blows a tire and it looks like Hawk and Paw maybe got a stick on him, but he didn't, maybe an eye in the sky there could have saved the day. If goalies get pulled, we do have one on ice referee off ice waiting. Wes McCauley came off the bench the other day. Maybe Wes McCauley should never come off the bench. He should be in every game. Luxmore got stitched up. Wes ended up leaving. Maybe we, the supervisor can throw a change into the mix. You know, just things about the veteran referees have been retiring. The young kids are coming up. The only way they can get playoff experience, Craig, is by getting playoff experience. So where are we on the white noise that's out there? I'm trying to, you know, be a problem and solution guy. And other than kind of eye in the sky or letting West do every game, what can we do to ease the white noise? So I'm just going to take the hawk and paw example first. Accept it. It's the way it is. There's going to be calls like that that happen over the course of time, over the course of a season, certainly in the playoffs. And there's no there's no fix for it. If we want fixes for that type of a play, like we're just bogging down the game. I I I I, I continuously say this over time. The officials get it right 99.5% of the time. But because of the scrutiny, camera angles, because of the magnitude of games come playoff time, you know, there's more. And, and it's not white noise. Teams get upset. Coaches get upset. Like, how could you call that? They want an explanation. It, it, it's part of the emotion and the competitive spirit that, 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 that exists in the game. So that's all good. But we're not fixing that. And, and nor should we even try to fix that. There's going to be those moments and and. What Stephen Wacom and his group will do is go and say, hey, don't look at the positioning of the official. Were you in the right position? Were you in the right spot? And work on it from that regard. We're not fixing that. You know, when we look at when we look at different areas, and, and, and I know you talk about the eye in the sky, and 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 it's not like I, I think when we talk about the eye in the sky, it's about 
Okay, how would you how would you use it, right? I, I don't want I want the officials on the ice to have the, the 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 feel because I don't want them thinking that like oh okay like somebody's always going to sit there overrule me. I don't need I don't need Big Brother overlooking them. I want them to make the calls. We got the best in the world. I know lots of people don't believe that, but come playoff time, the end of the regular season, the officials have been graded out over the course of the season. The officials that aren't refereeing right now have been deemed not to be quite ready for this level of competition. We are now going to move from 16 teams to eight. There's going to be more officials that are not going to get the opportunity. It doesn't mean that they can't be good. It doesn't mean they haven't been good. It just means at this point in time, they're not at a level that, that, that is needed for, for, for playoff hockey. That's always going on. You know, coaches make decisions on players. NHL hockey ops make it on the, on the referees. So, you know, where we would look at, like, and, and eye in the sky is, is like, okay, and, and there's been work on this. Like, you know, we'll review a high stick. Was it the player's own high stick that got him, right? We, we, we have been working on this, and we have been doing it. But you get a game, and you get a situation, and you try to look at, for example, the Gabe Velarde. I mean, everybody said, oh, it's clear. Well, if you're an Edmonton Oilers fan, everybody says it's clear. And if you're an L.A. Kings fan, everybody says it's clear. But guess what? The answer for the LA Kings fan and the answer for them are two different answers. Yet it's clear to both of them <laughs> what it was. It wasn't clear to hockey ops. I've watched it 18 times. I, 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 I can't tell. And the, that, does that mean that I'm qualified to tell? I think the people in hockey operations, the, like they are qualified. So, you know, is there areas where we can look at, we've added things. We have added things to, to try to make sure that we get the right call more, but understand, and I, and I'll net back at like 99.5% of the time they get the right calls. Yeah. And I think the Velarde situation was one of, do I think that he touched it? Yes. Can I really prove it to, def if, if something happens on the ice, that's the, that's the standard. It's a goal, right? Then we're reviewing and it's not 50, 50 on the review. It's the smoking gun, 100% evidence. And do I think he probably touched it? I did a freeze frame where I think he's touched the puck. Somebody said, you know, are you going with that? And I said, no, I, I think that he touched it there, but I've looked at all the angles. Calling the ice is a goal. We can't prove it. And we move on. And don't forget when people talk about those situations, that doesn't mean that the Kings still wouldn't have scored in overtime anyway. Everyone thinks in the goal in the crease, don't forget the game's still going on. So Dallas could have scored again anyway. People make it seem like, oh, we would have won then. I know what they think. They just want the game to continue. And that's where I say about opening up to new ideas. Um, we have the best in the world, but maybe maybe there's a Finn, a Swede, a Russian out there that you know could be in a NHL mix. Who knows? Maybe that's a way of improving our our pool um, moving forward, just as an idea. You know, having a third referee there that maybe if a goalie gets pulled, maybe the supervisor's thinking. You know, maybe for optics, the officials union would say, you can't do that. You would embarrass us. So that's just an idea, Craig. Um, for the most part, you're right. We kind of have eye in the sky. Five minutes on Morgan Riley. We're going to review it. Oh, no penalty. And we're down to, so we kind of have it right now, which is really good. And a lot of it is really, really, really working well. What we can't do is say, um, Dave Jackson, I know you're 56 and your, your knees are no good. Could you referee a game, you know, on a walker? No, you can't do that. These guys, the only way you get experience is by getting experience. So we understand that the continuation, and I know, I know what you said, the continuation was there for play that actually I blew it too early. It would have gone in anyway. The goalie was at one side of the net, so he can't tell me he heard it. 
you know, so there's no, there's no other way to add to continuation because it's a saver. It does work in theory. If I blow the whistle on a Braden point play, I did stop the play and the goalie stopped. I should have, I should have waited. That's human error. Like that's going to happen. How about the other mistakes people make? The players make a hundred in a game and we do look at the two or three from officials. I do get that. So I think we are over scrutinizing with all the angles and, and everything else and trying to make it better. That doesn't mean that we have a problem and this is a solution. It's just discussing it in a way that's rational and allowing these guys to be able to understand the moment. Hey, we have young broadcasters get overwhelmed. Goalies can be overwhelmed. Playoff hockey can be overwhelming. Sometimes there's some games that just get away from people. It's like, oh my God, this, this craziness has gotten away from us. And that, that hopefully will not continue to happen as we go forward. The game is fast. The game has become so fast and so quick. I mean, you, you think about a, a, a turnover in, the, in one zone that five seconds later, even less than that, it's, it's a scoring chance at the other end. That's how quick the game is. So, you know, it, it's great. We can celebrate. I mean, wouldn't we love to watch Mayor Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky play today if they could? They can't play anymore. They're, they're not good enough. And, and it doesn't mean they weren't great. And, and Bill McCurry and the late John McCauley were great referees, in my view. And there's many others, right? They can't do it anymore. So you're bringing in referees. You're working with them. And, and they've tried to bring European officials over in the past. And, you know, it's a different style of game when you're learning. And, and, and it doesn't mean that they're not going to look at it. They just want the best officials. But when you talk about continuation, I think it's a good idea. I mean, the referee, you're asked the referee, but like, okay, did I blow it too quick? Because you're asking him to blow it down because he lost sight. But the play does continue. I think it's a good rule. I, I like it. It's, it. it's Think about the adjustments that have been made to the offside rule. Right. Think about when it came in and then now think of where it's at now. And, and, and the linesman now with the help of, of, of the blue line camera. Right. So you can't put goals back on the board. So what you want to do if it's close, if you want to call it, you want the linesman. They're, they're the best. Call it. But if it's close and you're not sure, you do have a little bit of a safety net with the with the with the offside review and offside challenge. So that's OK. I, I, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with letting the, the 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 linesman you know make that this oh, it's too close but I'm I'm going to err on the side of allowing the play to continue knowing that I have a safety net I think that's a good thing I'm going to allow for continuation on a play like that you want the referee to call it, but hey wait a second it was just a little the play was continuing good goal I, I think those are good things and I, they're always looking at ways to make the game uh, more fluid and, and and to try to make it like with respect to the calls as accurate as they possibly can. Yeah. And I think that that's elements you've been talking about has worked very well. What will never change then is the human element that I've lost sight of the puck. I think the goalie has it and I blow the whistle and then the puck goes in. Looks like it was loose. This is not continuation, no goal, as opposed to similarly what happened between Marchand and and TJ Luxmore, which was the right call. But of course, on the Florida side, they don't like it. So I think that part of the human element for sure will always be in play. Uh, as will the, uh, I find this entertaining. Um, it's a classic example of a veteran championship team like Tampa, manipulating the officials and taking advantage of a situation. 
That's Sheldon Keith on the end of game number three. John Cooper says, manipulating the referees, I'm not sure what he means. So uh, you've been part of, uh, you know, Ken Hitchcock, Patrick Waugh, and a whole bunch of, you know, the funny stuff, the levity uh, in the media. So is this just a way of uh, Sheldon Keith saying, come on, guys, let's not have the uh, pedigree of the lightning come into play in the future games of this series, Craig? Well, who's he saying it to? The media. Well, I mean, it's a dumb comment by Sheldon Keith. It's a, it's a dumb comment. And smart people make dumb comments. It doesn't mean they're dumb, but it's a dumb comment. It has no merit. It's silly. And I, the reason I ask you, who did he say it to? He might be saying it to his own team. Hey, listen, you know, we got to get past this. This is what they do, right? It, like the media, if you want to believe that, well, you're gullible. That's, a, that's what I'll say. Because it ain't happening. And, you know, in, in today's game, not even a chance that it's happening. And so... I guess old tired narratives, you know, take a long time to die out. And Sheldon just resurrected another old dumb narrative that uh, has no merit, has no basis, in fact. But I guess it, it's entertaining. It makes it for fun. And John Cooper's great when he gets going <laughs> talking about, I don't know what he's talking about. Like, really, let's go and examine this. Like, you know, we're going on a power play and we want to lose two of our best power play guys, but we're manipulating the officials. John handled it beautifully. Like, basically what John did said, let's just stop and examine what Sheldon just said. And then you make up your own minds. You know what it is? Just a dumb comment by Sheldon. That's what it is. Yeah, uh, dumb comments are fun. Um, because... Oh, no, I don't. I'm the, I, <laughs> I find it entertaining because it gives John Cooper an opportunity to point out the stupidity of it all. Yeah, I want to point out before we move on to the other series and one other, I guess, key guy in, in this series. In that moment, I wish I was beside you and Bruce because in the moment, I said, in thinking outside the box, when... Matthews was in the box and his penalty had expired. You need to glove the puck to a teammate in the neutral zone and get Matthews out of the box. You like when you talk about thinking, right? You, you can't have a five minute penalty be a 10 minute penalty. You have to know at 411, Matthews penalty would expire. Now, I'm not saying on a breakaway, you go, oh, I'll shoot it over the glass, but the consciousness of knowing who's in the box. Right. And knowing it's D to D wait a minute. His penalty is that do you understand what I'm saying, Craig. There's a moment. Well, that you, exactly what yeah. So, yeah. So I would take the puck into the neutral zone, glove it to my teammate, whistle, 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 get Matthews at like the little things of like you imagine having, and you probably seen it. I've seen guys staying in the box for a double for a penalty, a two minute penalty coincidentals when they'd have to stay in there and be in there for like six minutes, a star, like imagine McDavid being in there. And you sit there. So I just think about a little thing like that, which didn't affect the game, but about being aware of your surroundings. It's like what we tell the kids. Nothing good happens after one o'clock at night. So make sure you're aware of your surroundings. The surroundings in Toronto that include Ryan O'Reilly have changed things. So Ryan O'Reilly is to this present day group of Maple Leafs like blank. Fill in the blank. Well, I mean... Ryan O'Reilly has proven that he's a difference maker in his career. I mean, we're, we're not talking about somebody that, that, that hasn't demonstrated time and time again that, he, that, that, he's, that, that he's not a difference maker. You know, it's, it, I, always, I always am amazed that when you take a body of work, a very small body of work, Ryan O'Reilly's work this year in St. Louis on a team that wasn't functioning very well from a player that was hurt 
And then they're coming, oh, well, this isn't Ryan O'Reilly. Listen, a healthy Ryan O'Reilly is somebody you want on your team. It's as simple as that. And there's no other way to put it. And anybody that wants to suggest otherwise, it's silly. So what Ryan O'Reilly and I, and, and, and you think about it, and, and when he got traded to Toronto Maple Leafs, I felt the same way, and he's demonstrating it now as I expected he would. If you're Sheldon Keefe, you can put Ryan O'Reilly out in any situation against any player and be fully comfortable in his ability to uh, emerge on the right. Uh, uh, Daryl Sutter would tell players, listen, here's what, I, here's what I like. You're going to match up here. He goes, I'd like you to get the advantage. He goes, but at the very least, don't lose the advantage. If you tie, that's okay. I want you to get the advantage. That's Ryan O'Reilly. You put him out there, you know he's not losing. He's going he's gonna, to, at the very least, he'll come off even with, the, with what just happened. And it also gives the benefit to Sheldon Keefe as because now you can free up other players to do other things, get away from the tight checking or defense matchups or whatever you want. And certainly, that Ryan O'Reilly is not just what he does. He's got tentacles for what he extends to other players. So the bottom line is, I mean, anybody that doesn't want to think that Ryan O'Reilly is a, a player that's absolutely going to help you. Now, I know health is a part of it. you got to be healthy. I mean, Nick, uh, Nick Foligno came to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I thought he could have helped them. He wasn't healthy enough to help them, right? So I get it. But Ryan O'Reilly, we're talking. And, and I, I think, and I go back and, and I think about, and I go back to my own example. And I think about Mike Keane and Brian Scrudling coming to our team in 1998. Different level of player. But their ability to come in and, and not just, help a Mike Medano and a Yeri Lettman, just with their calm and their poise, having been there, done that, but also take some of the pressures off of Joe Newendike who'd won a Stanley Cup and taking the pressures off of a Sergei Zuboff who'd won a Stanley Cup. And we had Carbono and, and, and uh, Ludwig who'd won Stanley Cups, but, you know, it was different. Like you, you more people packing in to help. And I, I think Ryan coming into the Leafs, it, 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 it's been tremendous for uh, all those other players. He's the guy that can say, relax. You got waxed in game one, relaxed. Been there, done that. You know what? We lost game six at home in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, we have to go to Boston. Boom, boom. Like, you know, like that becomes reassuring for players. You know, and so I, I, I think Ryan O'Reilly's impact is, 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 is wide, is widespread, shall I say. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Akira Schmid has now come into the series. Will he take over the series? The Devils laid two eggs that were just not Vitek Vanacek's fault. They were deer in the headlights at times, and the Rangers' star power was the, the it factor, the star. Like, the Devils did not play their game. They didn't. And then Lindy Ruff moving Meyer up and Siegenthaler and trying a whole bunch of different things. And to their credit, the Devils played a very good road playoff game, um, stuck with their game plan and limited the Rangers skated and moved the puck the way they normally do. And Akira Schmidt ended up winning game number three. I'm not saying he's for us older guys, Steve Penny, Mike Moffat, take your pick of a, of a savior. So where are we at the devils and a possibility, Craig, losing two at home and winning a series, being down two nothing. We're in a 14% mathematical, you know, hill decline, losing the first two at home. And to the Rangers with the star power. So is this thing turned or it, it'll only turn if the Devils win game four? Well, I, I, how I'll position that is they've started the turn. They, you know, if they didn't do that, the, the, the turn couldn't have begun. Obviously, you don't want to go down three to one. I mean, that, that, that statement. But I also think, too, Lindy's got lots of experience in, in the league in a lot of different situations. And sometimes by changing the goaltender and putting a, 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 little, a little less experienced goaltender and Akira Schmidt into the net, you're also telling your team, hey, listen, we got to tighten up a little more. We can't just depend on our goalie to bail us out of some of our mistakes. Obviously, you're down to nothing. The, the players... Uh, attention to detail has to be magnified and certainly against a good Rangers team. But I, I think it also helps like, Hey, listen, everybody goes, okay, we, we got to really be good here. You know, it, it's human nature. You have a Dominic Hasek, you have a Shesterkin, <laughs> you have a top goalie in the net. You, you kind of go, well, we got him. You know what? You know, Oh, that's okay. You made the save, right? The younger goalie, you know, you're thinking like, okay, I got to make sure I make every right play that I possibly can. You know, I thought that the Devils, you know, were to your, I thought they were a, a deer in the headlights. Like they looked young. They looked young and they looked like the stage was pretty big. And the stage, and what I liked about game three was the stage became a lot bigger and a lot brighter going to MSG. And I thought they performed really, really well. So that's the encouraging thing. The turn has started. <laughs> it's like a combination lock, right? You do the combination, you go, okay, here's the three numbers. You turn it one, and now you got to turn it back the right way. Okay, but if you go past it, that lock ain't going to open. And if they don't win game four, the lock's not opening. You mentioned the Gabe Velarde play earlier in game number three. Oilers clearly blew game one, but the Kings took advantage. They bounced back in game two. We have the mini controversy, but the Kings win. Oilers had their chances, you know, couldn't take advantage. And then in game four, one of the most unbelievable recent playoff games. Laying an egg, pulling Skinner, putting in Campbell, 
starting a comeback, trailing 4-3, tying it late, and winning it in overtime. Leon Dreisaitl has been on the ice for every goal the Oilers have scored. He's the Conn Smythe leader right now. The Oilers saw the devil. Not the devils. They saw the devil. I have to think. A piano has come off the Oilers' back. They almost blew this thing again. Is the series theirs now to be had? What did you make of the Johnny drama entourage? I would... I think they're still going to go back to Skinner. I I do. I still think they're going to go back to Skinner. I think the Oilers and Jack Campbell saved their season after the terrible first period that the Kings did play well, but the Oilers were poopy, poopy bad. You know what I'm calling this one, Steve? I'm calling it the crypto comeback. We had the miracle on Manchester. I'm calling it the crypto comeback. <laughs> and yes, I do believe that the Oilers saved their season. Conversely, I think the LA Kings just lost the series by blowing game four. Really? I think they just lost the series. Yeah. I, you know, you have a team such as the Edmonton Oilers, and, and you have them pressed right up against it. You have them pressed right up against it. You have them backed up. Like you, you talk about the piano on their back. Like the, those pressures magnify. And the LA Kings, who have been a really good, solid team, couldn't do it. Now, obviously, if they go and win the series, I'm going to do it. I think they lost the series in game four. So I know, oh, it's only 2-2. I know it's only 2-2. But you cannot let a team such as the Edmonton Oilers off the mat like that. The Edmonton Oilers know they weren't good in the first period. In fact, I didn't think the Edmonton Oilers were very good in the third period either. <laughs> and Jack Campbell did save the day. And then Zach Hyman on a goal that you, you've got a question, like not a good goal if you're for, from the LA Kings point of view, a great play by Evan Bouchard moving the puck off, banking it off the board, just a great play. And, you know, but I think now you look at the Edmonton Oilers, you're going to have games like this. I was talking to Jamie Lagenbrenner over here in Switzerland, and he's assistant general manager with the Boston Bruins, and we were talking about before game four with Boston and Florida. And we're talking, I go, is it like anybody thinks like your team, you know, like you can't win, you know, produce virtual. He goes, Craig, nobody's going 16 and 0 in the playoffs. And he goes, and a lot of those losses that you have in the playoffs, whether it be four, five, six, he goes, some of them aren't very pretty. <laughs> he's won two Stanley Cups. He's been in the Stanley Cup final. He knows what he knows finals. He knows what it what it takes, right? So the amateurs had some ugly moments. And now they come back home. I, I think that the LA Kings gave them a reprieve, and I think the LA Kings will pay for it. As for Leon Dreisaitl, Leon Dreisaitl is building on last year's performance when he was on a bad ankle. I mean, he's dominant. And, and you think about how he's carrying that team. I love the fact, too, that Jay Woodcroft combined McDavid and Dreisaitl. I like that. It, like you can When you only have to zero in on one player to stop, whether it be McDavid or Dreisaitl, you know, not that it's easy, but it comes a little bit. Put both of them out there and say to the other opponent, good luck. <laughs> I think that becomes a real challenge and a real handful for the L.A. Kings. I like that he did that. He started like that. After the first, they kind of went back to their regular lines. And then he picked his dry sidle and McDavid spots, like starting them in overtime. That is something that he has the biggest luxury with than any other team in the NHL. And it worked. McDavid had his even strength points, uh, power play points, a chance to score. 
Uh, Upton's numbers now, you know, two, four, six after four games isn't so shabby. Dreisaitl leads the group in scoring. It's been an uh, unbelievable series. And overall, as I said, when we started, let's not lay what has happened or hasn't happened with our officiating chat. Take away from one of the most unbelievable seven-day stretches in NHL playoff history from overtime magic, six-on-five goals, comebacks, you know, a three. We had Ken Hitchcock on the show last week. Your Dallas Stars up 3 nothing after one, Craig. You could put on the bold and the beautiful. You guys weren't losing that game. But to their credit, and Kevin BX had a very good show on Hagenate Canada, you know, little by little to be able to come back. And here's what you need from Campbell. Here's what you need from McDavid. Here's how you're going to slowly do, do it to believe. Use the power play. And I think Chris Lee, like we were talking to officials, he had a great game in game number four. It's a veteran guy. The one call that mattered in overtime, that's a penalty, right? Kempe from behind on Bouchard, and they blew the whistle on Bouchard being hurt. That's why he couldn't start the, the penalty. That's just, maybe they shouldn't have, but he was, they were worried about his safety. That's just the way it goes. Nurse and him switched afterwards anyway. They didn't score on the power play. So there's so many of these series and so many intriguing storylines. You know, what of the ones we have not talked about yet interests you the most you know we can't talk about every moment of every series on every podcast but we dealt with toronto tampa rangers devils oilers kings where do we go next of intrigue going to action tonight i picked the winnipeg jets to beat the vegas golden knights they go in there and win game one they go oh geez you know but it's one game keep in mind since that point in time the vegas golden knights have been really really strong really strong they don't give up very much defensively. Those six defensemen are good. Like, they, they really do a good job. The Winnipeg Jets, I, I, I don't know what to make of them. And I think we're back to this, what to make of them. Adam Lowry leads their forward group with five inner slot shots. The rest of the forwards have nine. Mark Scheifele has none. You know what? If Mark Scheifele is going to play like this, you got your chances are greatly diminished. Morrissey now that becomes a, a real challenge to, to, to overcome that. But, you know, when you, when you start looking at the skill, and I thought that the Winnipeg Jets forwards had skill advantages, well, they're not using those advantages, and maybe I've overestimated those advantages. But I can only, if this series goes 3-1 in favor of the, Winnipeg, of the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, I will say this right now. Mark Scheifele has played his last game in a Winnipeg Jets uniform. Greg, if someone doesn't get to the middle and the danger, I can't win with them. I can't win with them. And when you're that good and that skilled and you scored 40-plus for the first time and everything's from the outside, like even my soft criticisms at times, fair criticisms of McDavid in this series is, and I know he's playing so much and it's a lot of energy. When you're playing 10 minutes in one period with your season on the line, I get it. But you got to take it to high danger. You got to take it to where sports logic says you score goals. And if you want to play on the outside, your chances of scoring there are low. Or in your case, you mentioned nil. I got to take it inside ice, man. It's got to happen or we're in trouble. There've already been other signs of trouble in Winnipeg anyway, where there was switching coaches and you know what happened with Dave Lowry last year and everything else. Be the man in the middle, man. Get in there. Drop your shoulder. Because, Craig, when you do, stuff happens. Moose puck, scramble. Make it hard in there. On the outside. On the outside. To me, 
on the outside, waiting, waiting. That's, that's losing hockey. It's what you said. And the eye test and the numbers don't lie. And I like Mark Scheifele. I like him a lot, but I need him upon the Jets. Craig, you're right. I need you there. Will he be there tonight? And, and that's exactly what has to happen. And if, if you play on the outside of, of the game, outside the dots in, in the game, especially in the playoffs, you're soon to be on the outside of the playoff picture making your summer vacation, Blads. It's as simple as that. I'm going to finish with this thought. And we all know that he's a good player. We all know that he had some different struggles during this season. But boy, has Morgan Riley stepped his game up. Morgan Riley is doing the things that, you, that Morgan Riley does when he's playing his game well. And I think for the Toronto Maple Leafs, I really felt that if Morgan Riley was going to be not your main time on ice guy, that the Toronto Maple Leafs would have a lot of trouble. Well, Morgan Riley through four games, or through three games, excuse me, has been very, very good. And the Morgan Riley that can be a real significant factor for success for the Toronto Maple Leafs going forward. So, you know what? It's not what the, don't tell me what you did, where you've struggled. Get your, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, you know, tighten your belt and get going. Morgan Riley has done exactly that. That's great. It's kind of like we have our three stars to close episode 134. You mentioned Riley. McDavid, we've talked about him. But McKinnon, oh my God. There's times where he is the most entertaining. Like right now, Casey Kasem, it's McDavid and it's McDavid three, Dreisaitl and McKinnon. I, I think we have to have the 229s. Like unstoppable, Craig. I would try to jump on his back and no. Like the, that was wow moments. And kudos to the, the Canes. Like just keep going. Yep. Stick with it. It's, it shows you in our sport that it's not the one spoke in the wheel. It's all the spokes in the wheel, Craig. And that, you know what the Canes are? There are a whole bunch of spokes in the wheel. And I'm actually proud of them. I'm proud of them for doing what they're doing, just saying, I'm not going to let injuries be an excuse. My last word before you finish this off, and Rod, we trust. <laughs> In Rod Retrust, I love it. Oh, we checked a lot of boxes there and had a very, very nice philosophical discussion on where we are in so many different parts of the game. For Craig Button in Switzerland, I'm Steve Coolius. Enjoy the games this week. We'll be back with episode 135 later in the week. And remember, if you do see an NHL official, as I always say, give them a hug and a kiss, ladies and gentlemen. It is better than the alternative. See ya. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.